0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time and chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light.
1: Hi-ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the MMA... No, actually, yeah, we are on the MMA Gambling Podcast Network if you're uh, subscribing to our feed, so yes. But we're also on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, that, that's the mothership, as we like to say, in the business. Um, thank you for coming to the podcast. Episode number 43, we will... Um dedicate this one to Spicy P Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. So a, a kind of rough rough season so I he probably needs to pick me up. Get a rough, uh, bubble um at the end of last season too so he needs to pick me up. So this is going up to but you Spicy P um I would be your host Jeff Fox. I host the show every week or actually twice a week. Take that. I also edit and write at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and I run the MMA-manifesto.com where you should head over right now and then at the very least enter our free Pick'em Contest where Sports Gambling Podcast peeps are giving away $50 to the store of your choice, and you can also read a bunch of good stuff on there. Um, there's actually an article on there written by my associate host of this very podcast right here who I'm about to introduce, so you may want to read uh, his his piece on there on the, someone who's fighting on the card that we're gonna break down for you today because UFC is back after us having to uh, actually do some hard work the past two episodes coming up with quality content to slang at you we um, we ended up being forced to uh, talk extensively on monss uh MLB career to, to kill time, but none of that this week. This is, uh, we're actually going to break down the fight card for you, which I'm sure most of you are happy um, for, other than the Movin fans out there. I'm sure there's a bunch of you listening, especially all those Germans that that tend to download our podcast. They for sure are mobile fans. So, my associate uh, co host, um, he has informed me that this is his third podcast of the day, which makes me feel pretty bad about myself, and you listeners should feel bad too about this, but he, he, pre- he claims that he's going to save all the, the hot takes for us, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, the other podcast that he does host, if you want to dabble in that area, would be Prelim Picker, MMA podcast, where he breaks down all of the uh, prelim fights on the fight card, along with a co-host. He took him years and years when he finally had a amazing co host named Jeff Fox on a few weeks ago. But um, no luck this week. I'm sure it'll still be a good episode regardless. And he also does the Top Turtle. Wait a minute. Did I, did I say, am I still saying your one podcast name wrong? Am yes, you, you said Freeland picker? Pre- <laughs> picker
0: again, which was uh, if anybody's really interested in reading some some awful takes. Uh, was my blog that I started, I think 11 years ago, uh, was The Prelim Picker.
1: (laughs) Okay. Now now you shut up again. I haven't introduced you yet. (laughs) Um, yeah. My, uh, co host, who I've not named yet, he is so polite that he, uh, he didn't inform me that I kept calling his podcast The Prelim Picker when really it's The Prelim Primer. Um, and he just let it go. Uh, so he missed out on like tens of thousands of, of listeners because they're all typing in prelim picker after they hear me say it. And they're not finding his podcast. It's prelim primer. And I actually was on it two weeks ago. So I really should know the name. So he does prelim primer. The other podcast I know the name of is the top turtle MMA podcast. He hosts that as well. Um, it's got some gambling degenerate uh, stuff on there. Uh, also usually uh, in bookending needs de- to, degenerate stuff is the is interviews with usually a fighter that's fighting on that week's uh ufc card so definitely check that out um what else can i tell you about him um it leaked out today he accidentally let me know that he thinks on god which is i guess good to, i'm not a religious man but i think that's a good thing to, to be thought of as god he told me an email um and i think you might be embarrassed by that what else uh, oh he's the self-proclaimed uh king of the gogo Plata He's always saying that he's the greatest Plata practitioner in the world. Um, remember off mic, he tells me all the UFC fighters that he thinks that he's tougher, <laughs> tougher than actually he does that on mic. I'm sorry. Uh, that, oh, that's on mic. Um, what else does he do? Um, I think that's a pretty much it. Um, I already told you about, he copies me with the dog, copies me with the kid's name. I thought of something else. Oh, um, he, I don't think this is going to be insulting to him, but he also was a jobber college athlete, just like myself. Correct?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he was a jobber a good too. Good way to
0: place it. <laughs>
1: yes, well, we were both jobber athletes in our collegiate career, um, and I guess that's pretty much it. Uh, he, uh, I let him talk twice before he. I, I, should allow him to talk, but I need an answer. So uh, without further ado, I know this is everyone's favorite part of the show, so I try to drag it on for you. But without fr- further ado, because we actually have fights to break down, let's bring him in uh, officially, Daniel Gumby, really.
0: You can tell how good an episode is going to be by how long my introduction is. So this is going to be one of the very best ever.
1: And I wasn't even planning on it being long. It just, <laughs> it just flowed. I, I got in the flow state that you hear athletes talk about, Dan, and it just was flowing. Yeah, well,
0: you you had to get in there that I was a uh back of the rotation, not back of the rotation, front of the rotation reliever um on a bad D3 baseball team for 3 <laughs> years. You, go, you know, if you don't get that in there, who would trust my my MMA gambling advice?
1: And I was the 15th man on a good basketball college basketball team, but uh, in Canada, so the, there, there's an asterisk there. We, we, we're certainly better than D3. We were beating Division two teams, I, I know. I remember that, at least. But, yeah, but we both were jobbers. But that, that's why uh, we're bringing you this podcast. Yes. Um, our other career aspirations fizzled out. So My MLB career um, did not work out. Yeah. No, no, it did not. Um, so, yeah, well, we actually have a fight card breakdown this week. Um, I see, though, that... Um, Tough apparently started last night. Is that correct? Ultimate Fighter is back. It
0: it did indeed, and I actually when I was watching it, and yes, I did in fact watch it because that's That's
1: why I was going to get Dan. Dan's going to break it down. (laughs) I'm
0: that guy. Uh, So if if you you didn't watch it, tough recap go. Yeah, if you if you didn't watch it, go ahead and and mute the next thirty seconds or so uh, for spoilers or two minutes or however long I talk about it. but it was like kind of fun. I've always loved the ultimate fighter and it's stupidness. And I love it for all the reasons people hate it, right? Like the dumb drama. I'm not like a soap opera guy or I'm not a sitcom guy. Like I watch very little TV. Um, but if I'm going to watch it, I might as well get that same drama in. They didn't have it in this episode so much. It was a lot of like, uh, you know, guys just slightly younger than me talking about how many kids they want to have and, and showing off pictures of their kids. So it certainly felt close to home in that way. Um, but also I got to see a fighter I was really high on, pick up a nice win, um, so that was fun. But yeah, watch the Ultimate Fighter; it's good stuff.
1: Who Who's the fighter you're high on?
0: Um, so I'm actually high on a lot on the show. Most of the ones are in the bantamweight division. Um, I really like Mitch Raposo, who's fighting next weekend, mostly because he's um a Cage Titans guy, um, which I said is one of those organizations I watch. It's out of Plymouth, Massachusetts, I want to say. Um, one of those, uh, coastal towns. So I really like him. Um, I like, um, who's the one from Florida there? Uh, Dustin Lampros, uh, who's a Bantamweight. He's on the same team as Mitch Raposo. Um, but the one who won is Andre Petrovsky, um, who's a Daniel Gracie guy. Daniel Gracie, for those not paying attention, is putting together a hell of a stable of fighters in Philadelphia, um, between him and Sean Brady and Pat Savatini, um, all of them are just like mean wrestler types who he taught some sick jujitsu to, and you get to see both that wrestling and that jujitsu from Andre Petroski. So go back and watch the episode if you haven't already, because it's it's a just like a really talented fighter picking up a like a prospecty win, and b it's it's good for all the reasons you're pretending to hate it.
1: Yeah, I was busy watching the Phoenix Suns put their their uh, feet on the Los Angeles Lakers necks and. Stepping on them for 48 minutes last night, so I didn't get a chance to watch the Ultimate uh, uh, Fighter. Did you? Did your wife watch it? Also, you you let us know that she's actually a fan.
0: Yeah, she watched it with me. She absolutely yep, loved absolutely. it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like again, for all the same reasons, it's dumb and it's dumb in the best possible way.
1: You actually, you actually leaked that she actually went back and watched old seasons of it too. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's impressive or scary or or what, or maybe a little bit of both. Depressing, I'm not sure. No, she, um, she
0: went back and watched the good seasons, though. Like, I got to be able to tell her to skip the ones that, like, aren't all that fun. So she went back. She... she <laughs> This is this is a, a very bad reveal about my wife. Uh, well, man. she hasn't
1: listened to the show, so we're she, safe. Yeah,
0: sure, She doesn't listen, but so she won't mind me uh, telling anonymous people out there that she loves Nate Diaz. Uh, so she went back and watched the Nate Diaz season um, of The Ultimate Fighter, and was like. He was the least crazy of all of the people in that house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. How nuts is that?
1: <laughs> yeah. So she likes the bad boys, eh, Dan?
0: Yeah. I mean, how, how else could she have That's wound like up Dan with me?
1: A, yeah. Purple belt. Oh, yeah. He's also the, the toughest purple belt in the world. He, he tells me off air, too. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I forgot. You have self proclaimed lots of things. So. All right. So that was our um, that was our top recap Um, for those of y'all that missed it. Uh, We actually do have a a fight card, though, a real actual fight card this week to to report on. It would be UFC. I'm going to leave you hanging. I'm going to tell you about WinBet first. WinBet. Where's the WinBet at, everybody? WinBet is bringing the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas Experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlay right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at WynNBet.com and download the app today. So I left you hanging. It's UFC Fight Night strike versus Sakai. I love giving out all the alternative names. It's also UFC Vegas 28, which is what I probably will call it most of the time. Also, UFC Fight Night 189 and UFC on ESPN Plus 47. Do you have a nickname for this one at all, Dan?
0: No, I think you is, – is it 27 or
1: 28? Uh, <laughs> UFC what? Uh, 20, 28. Yeah, UFC
0: 28 is the, the one Vegas I 28, UFC, yeah. and
1: ESPN, UFC and ESPN Plus 47 is, is where the seven comes from. Oh. oh, nice. Uh, UFC Fight Night Thick versus Chunky. How's that?
0: Th- thick and Chunky? Maybe we've really
1: just got thick and chunky. Yeah, like, like, um, it,
0: like we're trying to sell like, some sort of soup or something. Yeah, chunky soup. <sighs>
1: um, all right, uh, this is going down from the UFC apex, as per usual, as the, all the fight nights will be until further notice. This Saturday night, uh, I believe it's a 4 p.m., which is nice, 4 p.m. Eastern, start time at ESPN Plus for the prelims, and then 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus for the main card. Um, I rank fight cards over at uh, 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 mma-manifesto based on how strong it is on paper based on the rankings of the fighters and whatnot um now a average card rank average fight nights ranks about 6200 best ever has been 9900 where do you think this one falls dan because i know you don't read anything i write so i can ask you this without you actually knowing the answer
0: i would say this does not rank at the bottom but i would say in turn oh no because then again you've got Four ranked heavyweights at the top.
1: No, I I the top the, the main event I give extra weight to, and the co-main event um about half of what the main event is rank ranking wise. So those two are worth the most, and then after that is just every fight's the same.
0: Okay, so so with those two being at the top and being, I, I mean like I, I think there's three top ten guys, and the the third one's eleven. I'm gonna say it fits pretty much like right in the middle of that range because it's gonna be surprisingly valuable on that that pretense alone.
1: It is, yes. Average card 6,200. This one's 7,340 currently. So it's uh, it's yeah, like you said, upper upper um, not elite, elite, but but the upper ranges. We did lose a fighter uh, which had it ranked a little higher. We lost. Uh, the Iron Woman. Iron Lady shouldn't have to pull out of anything if she's an Iron Lady, right? Marina Morose, uh ended up out of her fight. Did you hear why or not? Or did no, do you I, even know that she was out?
0: I barely knew she was out. I was just about to tape uh, one of those other podcasts that I, uh, I'm a part of. And uh, my my esteemed co-host for that one uh, actually let me know about five minutes before we started recording uh, that, that she had been pulled, which is is tough on so many levels mostly because she got filled in with somebody who i did know actually surprisingly little about so uh, uh we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that one later
1: i, I wanted to wanted to quiz you and maybe i can actually stump you on uh Tabitha Ricci when we get to that fight but yeah so um marina morose is out let me see boom 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 yeah it, they haven't officially announced uh that she's out yet so um I'm guessing kobe it usually is COVID, especially if it's um, secretive uh, cause health stuff that uh, they can't really come right out and tell you unless the fighter tells you first. So, regardless, it, it's a even with um, that prelim fight off and, and uh, a newcomer subbed in, we still got a real solid fight card. So, that's break her down after uh, enough chitter, chatter. We're going to start off with the fake fighter that Dan was talking about in the uh, first fight. Lightweights, Claudia Puelas, or Puelas, who's fake, right? You made that guy <laughs> up, right? No, I think you no, decided no. last podcast. Oh,
0: yeah, because you were like, that sounds like like the most generic name in history, and it's Pueyes. you, you got to say the double oh, L like a
1: he's, Y. He's, he's, oh, so he's a real guy then, for sure. He is um, a
0: real, he, he's, and if you listen to Top Turtle on the main later this week, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you Seth will came out. Yeah, Claudio Pueyes. <laughs>
1: there you go, Um, and he's fighting Jordan Levitt. Is it Levitt or leave it? I think it's Levitt. <laughs> Levitt or Leavitt, <laughs> that's funny, that was a joke and I didn't even try to. Um, this is also going to be, we're going to go heavy on nicknames this, this uh, episode because Dan mentioned how many amazing ones are on this fight card. So we're going heavy. I know that helps a lot of you degenerates decide who you're going to pick in a fight is who's got the better nickname. Um, that's Maybe that's that I should check. Uh, I should start tracking. <laughs> who has the better nickname? Does that person win the fight? So Let's go with the Silent L man first. We'll break down Puel- Puel- Puel is first. Claudio Puelles. His nickname, El Nino. Not bad. It's all right. Um, kind of generic, but... He is 9-2, two knockouts, five submissions. Um, he's very quietly 3-0 in the UFC. He's not fought since September of 2019, but we know have the stats we're tracking that that may be a positive. As Dan has said, getting punched in the head probably isn't good for you. So taking time off and punching probably is good for you. Um, so 3-0, like I said, hasn't fought in almost two years, year and a half at, um, at this point. Two inches taller than love it or leave it. Um, one inch of reach on him. He's twice more active. Striking, Trace Market, Lightning Strikes, that is, um, and he's at plus 165. Um, leave it or love it is uh, the Monkey King. So i say he wins the nickname of this one, hands down, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. The yeah. Monkey King is, is a, a prime nickname.
1: Yeah, He, he uh, normally that would probably be good enough to win the whole fight card, but i don't think so. I see some good ones coming up. So, um, The Monkey King is 8-0. He's got one knockout, five submissions. He's 1-0 in the UFC. He's 1-0 on the Contender Series. He won his UFC debut with a very scary slam knockout over handsome Matt Wyman, um, who uh, the Monkey King didn't really seem very happy about it. He seemed quite um, shook about it, So, because um, it was pretty gnarly. Uh, he's... We're talking small sample sizes, but striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, um, the bookmakers are in his favor also. Minus 210. I'll go with the chalk in this one, and I will take the Monkey King at minus 210.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Monkey King in this one too. And I, I do like Puelles. I, I think he's got a lot of talent on the ground. I think his submission game's really sharp. You know, if you if you look back at one of those two wins he's got. In a row, one of them he had actually got beat up pretty bad in, the the Felipe Silva fight, before he pulled out a hell of a knee bar right at the end of that fight. Uh, I think there was like two minutes left. Um, he looked gra- good grappling Marcos Mariano, he, even though I think Marcos Mariano's not UFC letter talent. But he looked good grappling those guys. The thing is, is I just don't think he's going to be able to sub somebody like... Jordan Levitt off of his back. Uh, And I think that's the problem here is that he's going to wind up on his back. He's going to wind up getting outworked by a better grappler. And if for some reason this is one of those ones where the grappling cancels out and we wind up seeing a striking match, I actually think Levitt's got the advantage there too. So while I like Claudio quite a bit and I, I think his grappling chops are for real, I just think this is the worst possible kind of matchup for him.
1: And considering Silent L's was on Dan's podcast this week, and the fact he's picking against him means he, he must really think that uh, Love It or Leave It's going to win. So uh, Monkey King is, is uh, our strong choice for this one. Um, and nickname wise, he also wins. So so far, this, the strongest nickname has been our choice. Um, this the order of the fight cards kind of out of whack like uh, I see various orders and various um, sources. So um, I'll go with – I'm going to go with the order I see on most most sites, but this is not uh, official, I don't think, at this point. Um, so we'll move on. So, with that being said, we'll move on to featherweights. Sean Woodson, Youssef Zalal. Um, we'll start with Zalal, who is the Moroccan devil, which is a good – very cool nickname, and he was on the Top Turtle podcast last week. There you go. Everything's is tying together here. He is 10-4. 2 knockouts, 5 submissions. So we're talking 4 decision losses. So if you think he's going to lose, then take Woodson via decision in this one. Um, he's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. One in his first two and then drop the last two. That's the way that math works. 4 years younger. I was about to say 4 inches taller, but no, definitely not 4 inches taller in this fight. 4 years younger than Woodson. Striking and grappling stats in his favor. Plus 155 coming back for him. Sean Woodson nicknamed the Sniper. I'm going with Moroccan Devil nickname over the sniper in this one.
0: That, that's a much better nickname. Yep. I, right. Moroccan Devil is clearly the nickname winner
1: here. All right, there we go. We got another clear winner here. Okay, um, the sniper, Mr. Sean Woodson, seven and one, two knockouts, one submission. So yeah, this fight be when you want to go uh, via decision. Um, I you Think that Law is going to finish it because he's a finish, but Woodson is not. One and one. You see, he got subbed. I'm gonna say sub two. I didn't say subbed. He got subbed. His last fight. Um, boom, boom. one in the contender series. That's how he got into the UFC. Um, so he had won seven straight before that very last fight. Also, by the way, cause, uh, he was seven and zero heading into that, and then he got subbed. One and one of the contender series. He's four inches taller because he's a giant. Um, from featherweight. Um, six inches of reach, which is pretty wild. Twice uh, he likes twice. I cannot talk. Dan's gonna take over as host now, and I'm gonna sit back and be the analyst, everybody. The sniper is twice as active landing strikes. (laughs) Um, And he's at minus 195. So before I finish having my stroke here, I think I'm going to take the lol. I'm going to go with uh, plus 155 because I said on our show last week I should pay more attention to the factors like striking um, since they're such a huge. Determinant of, of uh, winning fights. What, 67%, I believe we said, uh, for the person with the better striking stats. So I'm going to go with Zalal here at plus 155, and I'll, I'll take that nice one and a half times money.
0: Well, this is going to be our first difference then. Cause okay. I'm, I'm going to lead off with, with Sean Woods in here because while I like Yusuf Zalal, the thing I've noticed about his last two fights is he's had a lot of difficulty with people on the feet. Tapuria, uh and Sungwoo Choi, both decent strikers. Uh, I think Tapuria is actually probably a little sharper um, even than Woodson. But but Zalal had trouble with both of those guys. The, the people we're seeing him beat mostly are people he can out grapple and who also like to grapple, right? Like people like Peter Barrett who like to grapple but just aren't as good of a grappler as Yusuf Zalal. So um, my worry here for Zalal is that he's going to go in and try to strike for any meaningful amount of time. And and Woodson, I mean, there's a reason this nickname is the sniper, right? Like, he is legitimately a very fun tactical striker from the outside. And I know you said, you know, he he doesn't seem to finish very many fights, and and he doesn't seem to, you know, like, maybe you want to bet this one, by decision, but he does. He did have a, a amazing flying meets knockout against any on the contender series. If you go back to some of his earlier fights, he's got some knockouts over you know guys who are way more experienced than him at that point. I actually wouldn't be super surprised to see Sean Woodson hit a knockout here uh, on Yusuf Zalal. because I think if he stands and trains with him for any meaningful amount of time, he's gonna get pieced up. And I think if Zalal gets desperate on those takedowns, Sean Woodson with that height and those knees has some. Absolutely brutal knees. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Sean Woodson in this one quite a bit.
1: So you're not just going against my pick. You're emphatically going against my pick and saying he's going to finish him. Interesting. Yeah,
0: and I've actually picked against, that. I've picked against two guests in a row here. Yes, so you, can, you true. can tell You can tell precisely how strongly I feel about those fights as well. All right.
1: Let's see the next fight: women's flyweight Manon Fiorot. Have you had her on the podcast? No, I don't think you have, right? I,
0: I have not. I I, no. I don't know. Is she? A, I, I don't know how well she is a native English speaker because uh, she is she's French, right? Originally. Yes, and you're
1: and we've discovered your French is very poor, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Ask Daniel Cormier.
1: <laughs> I, exactly. And now she is facing a very short notice fighter. Um, what's her first name? Richie? What did I say? Tabitha, right. Tabitha Ricci. Okay, uh, Tabitha Ricci is the baby shark. Ugh. Are your kids into baby shark, Dan? Uh, my,
0: right, oldest, where, that, my, that oldest, my oldest is into baby
1: shark. It's pretty
0: devastating.
1: It's very <laughs> devastating. All right, baby shark is uh, taking this to short notice. As I said, so as of us recording this on Wednesday, it was just announced this afternoon that she's stepping in on this, uh, this fight. Um, she just fought, I think. February, I believe, or April, actually. No. Do you remember when she fought last It was fairly recently, within the past She fought uh,
0: G- Firo? Fought, or no, uh, Ricci, yeah. R- Ricci fought at LFA in May, I want to say. April or yeah. May.
1: All right, yeah. So it's very uh, very short. It was a very quick turnaround. Um, like I said, she's 5-0 as a pro. One knockout, two submissions. Uh, this will be her debut. She fought... Most on LFA, or at least uh, the past few fights were on LFA, so basically the largest regional promotion, uh, in the, at least in North America, the main feeder league. She's five years younger, and she's at plus 400, is where I saw her uh, at. Uh, this was posted right after uh, people, ha- people had up there right after the fight was announced. Actually, it hasn't even officially been announced as we're recording this, so... She will be fighting the Beast, so obviously the Beast is beating Baby Shark, because Baby Shark super annoying, right?
0: That, that is correct. All right, there we go. Although well. although Joe Rogan calling people beasts is pretty annoying, too. So oh, that's you got right, that, yeah. You got that for a fact in there.
1: Do-do-do-do-do, do do though, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going, the Beast, do-do-do-do, the Beast, do to do to do do See, it's not as annoying as Baby Shark. Not until you did right Daddy Beast. Okay, so the Beast, six and one, five knockouts. Uh, one 0 in the UFC, she won the TKO in her debut. She's won six straight fights. She lost her debut fight against that girl in Bellator, who's from Ireland. And she's ranked fifth, and her name is—I can't remember her name right now. Name again.
0: Wait, say that one more time.
1: Menon Fiore lost her debut against.
0: She did not lose her debut.
1: She head kicked no, no, Victoria no, Leonardo into terms gym her, her, different- her pro debut. She oh, lost. Oh, her pro debut. Leonardo. Leah yes, McCourt. Leah McCourt is the name of the person. I thought the you course. said UFC
0: debut. I no. Was like, no. She, had she lost her pro debut Libya. against
1: Leah McCourt, and she's won six straight since then. She's won four straight via TKO. Um, she's five inches taller. She's got four inches of reach. Minus 484 was the best I could see her at. I'll, I'll take her at that number regardless and probably take her via finish in this fight. You yeah, know, I don't you, I don't know much about Ricci. Well, have you seen Ricci at all?
0: I, I have seen Reachy. The thing I'll say about Reachy, extre- yeah, well, hey, she was on LFA. I don't miss much LFA. Yeah. Um, if you if you've watched any of Richie, she's extremely talented on the mat. Uh, she's got good takedowns. She's got good judo. Um, her submission game is pretty high level. This is a lot to ask for her in a debut, though. Um, because I think Minon Ferro is probably already, even in her short career, already a top 10 to possibly moving in on a top 5 flyweight right now. I really am that high on her. Um, so for her to be fighting somebody who's only had 5 pro fights in her entire career and is kind of just learning the striking game, right? Like, that's what I would say about Tabitha Ricci. She's good at grappling, but kind of figuring out the, the striking portion of things. I think Ferro is just going to blast her on the feet. She keeps distance well. She moves her feet well. She mixes up her strikes, so she's not predictable. You know, you mentioned this might be a fight where Ferro gets a finish. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think Ferro probably goes out there and just starches Ricci on the feet.
1: There you go. So, Ferro is the pick. We are going with the beast. Um which means we can move on. Uh, Lightweights. We'll move on to Alan Patrick versus Mason Burns. Um, we will start with Patrick Nugate. Nugget- Is that how, that's how you pronounce it? Right? Nugate. I,
0: I think so, and I have no idea what it means, by no. the way. I did definitely look it up. Yeah,
1: we looked it up uh, live on the podcast last week. I'm sure that was gripping.
0: That's just some freaking great radio right yeah, there. Yeah, well, we were at the <laughs> <how> we <were laughs>
1: uh, podcast with no event to, to talk about whatsoever because um, we were trying to find what nuguete means in English. If if we do have any Portuguese listeners out there, and Nugete translates to something other than Nugete, um Get at us, Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter, or Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. Um, it could be Nugget. Maybe we'll call him Nugget or Nugget. Um, regardless, um, he's four, he's 15-3, and three, excuse me, 15-3, and three, four knockouts, two submissions, five and three in the UFC. He's dropped his last two fights, though. Uh, he's an inch taller than Jones, grappling staff in his favor, plus 230, uh, coming back on him if you bet him and he wins. Uh, Jones is the dragon, so we got. I guess we got to, to go with the dragon. At least we know what that is, right?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the dragon on that one.
1: Mason Jones is the pick. Um, and all right, yeah. So far, I've gone with <laughs> inadvertently. I've gone with the best nickname on all my picks so far. Interesting. Um, Jones, ten and one as a pro, four knockouts, three submissions. He lost his UFC debut after coming in on the ten fight win streak. He was a double champ in Cage Warriors over in Europe before the UFC. He's 12 years younger than Patrick. Uh, he, we're talking small sample size, about one fight, but he landed he lands four times more strikes than Patrick on average, at least based on one fight. He's at minus a 300. Uh, are you going with the Dragon or are you going with Nugget?
0: I'm going with the Dragon in this one. I, I think Mason Jones is a clear pick. Alan Patrick, or Patrick, I believe you're, you're supposed to say, he's just a guy who relies on the takedown and like needs to be on top. And, and as we've seen, when that doesn't work out, it doesn't go all that well. He ain't going to do that to Mason Jones. Mason Jones is going to absolutely take it to him. If it goes to the ground, it's on Mason Jones' terms. If it doesn't go to the ground, Mason Jones just blasts him on the feet for as long as it takes to finish him or, I mean, one of the most one-sided standing decisions you've ever seen. So I think, again, I'm emphatically picking Mason Jones in this one. I feel real comfortable in this pick. Yep.
1: I'm going with the Dragon also. So Mason Jones is the pick. uh, Gets a bounce back win, hopefully, um, because he was a very highly touted guy heading into the UFC debut. Brings us to, that was Lightweights, who should we break down next? No, I don't think that fight is going to be next. Let's break down. How about welterweights? Francisco Trinaldo Um Goes Trinaldo first, nicknamed Masaranduba, which I think means bullet wood, or it's it's a type of wood, called bullet wood? Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's a type of Brazilian wood. I know right. that to be true. There yeah. yeah, you know, go.
1: <laughs> it's also a place in, in Brazil. So we're talking about... Um, Bulletwood, would, and uh, we'll tell you the other guy's nickname in a second. Just wait. Um, it's worth the wait. I got
0: uh, it. I got it off the top of my head because I think it's the best. It's Moose. I know.
1: The, the Don't king say of Kung it. Fu. <laughs> Dang it. I, I told everyone to wait, and you're blurting it out. I know what his nickname is. God. And... <laughs> <sighs> all right, it's fine. It's just too good. Fine. Bulletwood too- versus King of Kung Fu. Obviously, King of Kung Fu is the pick, right? For the yeah, name. that's
0: that's the way better. Okay, King.
1: obviously, Bulletwood, all right, but Muscle Run Dubai is, is pretty fun to say too. All right, now that Dan's ruined that, let's continue. Uh, Trinado's twenty-six and seven with nine knockouts, five submissions. He's lost three fights via submission. He's not fighting a submission expert though, so that's probably not going to come into play here. Um, 16 and six in the UFC. He has been around forever. Uh, he before the UFC he was on the fighter. He's one and one. He's won three great fights in four of his last five, which is very impressive. He was four pounds overweight his last fight, uh, which was at lightweight. So this one is at welterweight. So that's something to keep in mind here. This is his first time fighting at welterweight. This UFC, is indeed
0: he's... his first first time okay. moving up to welterweight since coming to the UFC.
1: Yeah. Makes sense, though, because he's getting older. So, um, Graphic Satsu. In... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. Graphic Stats in the favor, plus 195. Uh, King of Kung Fu, Selikov, 17 and 7, 12 knockouts, 2 submissions. Listen, Check out this uh, kickboxing record before the UFC 185, 13 and 1, in the in kickbox, <laughs> professional kickboxing. That's professional. He was also a Sanda champion. Do, do you know what Sanda is, Dan?
0: Yeah, it's a. Chinese form of wushu, right? Exactly, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: I think he was, I think it was a demonstration sport and won of the Olympics and he won gold at it, I believe. Um, so he's good at a wushu, which I think is called Santa now, or his form is called Santa at least, the Russian form. Um, 4 and 1 in the UFC, he's won four straight fights after dropping his debut. Two inches taller, six years younger, striking stats in his favor, minus 250, and Dan's pick is.
0: The king of kung fu, Muzam yeah. Salikov, and, and not even just because I like the nickname. But look, you, you mentioned the striking background. It's incredible. His striking is a lot of fun. I actually, you know, I, I've said this I said this earlier about Thoreau, and I'll say this about Solikoff. I think he's higher than the UFC has him ranked right now. Um, they don't have him in the welterweight rankings. I think it's a farce. The dude's on a four-fight win streak. He looks incredible in there. I think Trinaldo moving up a weight class is probably smart at this age. He he can't hang with those lightweights anymore, and the weight cut's killing him. It, it's a smart move up, but like he's a very muscular guy who kind of depends on uh, you know like picking his spots and winning like short exchanges. And Muslim Salikov's just not going to give him any of those. Muslim Salikov is going to make him fight for 15 minutes. I just think he's going to wear him out and be able to finish him late.
1: Yeah, this is a very bad matchup for him moving up, especially for an old guy with the old chin. Um, as for rankings on the performance, big rankings, so not booting uh, rankings that I run on MMA-Manifesto, Selikov comes in at ninth, so there you go. That's probably where he should be in the official rankings also. So um, so he is, he's my pick as well, if I hadn't said that already. King of Kung Fu is the pick, and I've gone with the better nickname in every fight so far. And I did, <laughs> I did not plan this. I, I swear I did not plan this in advance. Um, this one's, both, um, both these guys have similar style nicknames. This could be an interesting one. Heavyweights. Tanner Boser, uh, Iller Latifi. Um, Boser is Canadian, so let's, everyone keep that in mind. Um, I tend to like to fade Canadian, so let's see what I do in this time. Um, Ilar Latifi is the Sledgehammer, which is a pretty good nickname for him. Fire Hydrant, also, I would, I would call him. Um, he's a thick, thick dude. Uh, he's 14 and 8 with one no contest. Six knockouts, four submissions. He has been knocked out himself four times, so half of his losses have come via knockout. Seven and six in the UFC. He was seven and three, but he's dropped three straight fights. Um, he just moved up to heavyweight last fight, I believe. So I think it's the second fight up at heavyweight. Despite that, he, according, according to the last weigh-ins, he will be or was at least 14 pounds heavier than, than Bozer. So he, like I said, he's a thick, uh, thick, thick dude. He's not fought since February of 2020. Grappling stopped in his favor. He's at plus 165. Uh, Tanner Boser is the bulldozer. Bulldozer Bozer. So who are we picking here? Uh, I think I like Bulldozer Bozer. I like the sound a lot better.
0: Uh, I think, yes, that's the, the alliterative last nickname is probably
1: yes. the better name. There you go. Tanner Bulldozer Boser. Um, 1971, Katanaka has two submissions. 3 and 2 in the UFC, lost his last fight, but he's, uh, that was what, against your boyfriend, wasn't it? Was Arlovsky his last fight? <laughs>
0: uh, yes, I believe, he lost Andre uh, Embarrassed, he was
1: embarrassed, and I called him out on his boyfriend, probably. Well, well
0: and I think, too, the sad thing is that I think that was the first time I had picked against Arlovsky. Yeah, it's true. I picked Boveser in that one.
1: Yep. Um, so yeah, he, he hasn't been, um uh, he's been getting fed some, some decent guys. Um, Four inches taller than Latifi, uh, not surprising. Latifi was a light heavyweight before. Uh, two inches of reach, eight years younger. He's got striking stats, and plus he lands twice as many strikes as Latifi does. He's at minus 210. And shock of all shocks, I am going with the Canadian here. Um, I think you may even be able to knock him out if you want to do a prop here and make it better than minus 210. And I'm going to disagree
0: with you here. And uh, I'm going to tell you not to take the Canadian. Okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little Latifi, and here's why. Ilya Latifi went in in his heavyweight debut and fought Derrick Lewis.
1: Right. Like, first yes, of yes. all,
0: that's an incredible ask for anybody to be like, oh, yeah, you're used to fighting light heavyweights. How do you feel about fighting Derrick Lewis? And the dude not only stepped up and did that, he did really well against Derrick Lewis. And the next heavyweight champion of the world. Sorry. Impossibly, right? <laughs> like, possibly, right? Possibly. It, but he he scored three of seven takedowns on him. He had eight and a half minutes plus of top control against Derek Lewis. He didn't let Derek Lewis back up in many situations. And let me tell you something, Derek Lewis is good again about getting back up. Like if that, that's one thing we know about Derek Lewis, right? The dude gets back up, and Latifi didn't let him. Latifi seems to understand where he is in his career, being a forty-year-old dude, being the smallest guy in this division. And like he's getting a chance to fight a heavyweight that doesn't outsize him significantly. Like like this is the best possible scenario for him. I think he just takes bowser down and holds him down enough to win a decision here.
1: Hey, decent decent enough analysis. Um, he is a Canadian, so you probably should fade him. But I my uh, <laughs> my, my stats say pick him, so I'm taking bulldozer dozer. So once again, I've gone with a better nickname with my pick. Um, Women's fly. Let's do the women's flyweight next. Um, we've got Montana De La Rosa versus Ariane Lipsky. Um, we will go with Lipsky first, the Queen of Violence. So that's a damn good nickname there. 13-6, um, six, six knockout missions two and three in the UFC. For the UFC, she was the KSW champion uh, over in Europe. That's one of the larger... Um, larger promotions over in, uh, in Poland, and in, actually in Europe in general, in the world actually. It's a very, very uh, solid promotion. Um, she got knocked out, uh, or TK out at least, in her last fight. She's at plus 195. De La Rosa's nickname is Monty. Weak, weak, weak. Queen of Violence obviously wins this one, uh, nickname-wise.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, not having a nickname automatically makes you lose. Exactly. Any.
1: Yeah, Monty is not, uh, come on, that's just, you're shortening your name. That that Yeah, that's not a nickname. Nope, I don't count that. Not at all. Um, all right, she's 11-6-1, eight submissions on her record. She's 4-2-1 in the UFC. Before that, she also was the ultimate fighter, 1-1 one one in the uh, tough house. She's o one 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 in her last two fights. She's an inch taller, got an inch of reach, a year younger. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 250. Are we going with the good nickname or are we going with a bad nickname for your pick? Then
0: I'm going with the lack thereof nickname because I'm sticking with my original statement that uh, that's not a real nickname. But yeah. I, I think Montana de la Rosa has no problem here with Ari Um I, I know I just keep sounding emphatic in all these picks, and I'm probably gonna look like a huge douche if I I. It comes out next week that I you know botched all of these, but Lipsky is a fighter who has had so much trouble with wrestlers. Uh, or anybody trying to wrestle her, not even wrestlers, right? Like Ante- Antonita Shevchenko came out last time and not only took her down, held her down and grounded, and pounded her out. Like that—that that is a, a complete domination on the ground. And nobody in the whole world considers Antonita Shevchenko a dangerous, like wrestling opponent, right? And now she's fighting Montana De La Rosa, who is literally that. She's somebody who loves to grapple, has a great wrestling game, sometimes not so hot on the feet, but like, this this is a great matchup for her because all she's got to do is get in once, and, and this fight is either over or she's just going to zap everything out of Lipsky for the second and third round.
1: Yep. Uh, Monty is my pick as well. Uh, C. Montgomery Burns is the pick here. That's the second Simpsons reference on the show, uh, on this show. So, yeah, um, she's a pick. You like her via submission maybe also or not?
0: I think it would have to depend on the numbers because I don't have it in front of me right now. I I think if that number crept up in the plus 350s to 400s, I'd probably be interested in it a little bit lower than that, and I'd probably not super excited about it because I think – there's a decent chance she gets a submission here, but also, you know, it's women's flyweight, which doesn't typically have tons of finishes. So, right. um, I, I think there are better props out there than that, unless it's an astronomical number.
1: And Lipsky's never lost via submission. That's up a note. She's only lost twice via knockout, four times via uh, decision. So, decision may be your your safe pick here. Um, but if you're degenerate, which more more than likely, if you're listening to us right now, then you may want to go via submission here. All right, I believe I'm not sure if this is going to be the the main event of the prelims so or not. Depends on who you're listening to, but it would be a featherweight battle between Amir Khan versus Kemuela Kirk. Um, now, this is we got a couple interesting nicknames here. Um, Kemuela is the Jawaiian, so it's like Hawaiian with a J at the starting of it. So, do you know anything about him or why he's called the Jawaiian? N-
0: nope, I I can only. I don't want to speculate, but I, I'm assuming he's a Hawaiian of also some other ancestry that would have a J, like maybe Jamaican Hawaiian or Jewish Hawaiian or something of that nature. I was thinking um,
1: thinking he was a Hawaiian Jawa. No, he's not.
0: I, I don't think he's they Jawa. He he looks a little bit taller. It's true.
1: <laughs> he doesn't doesn't have eyes that glow. Um. All right. So anyhow, he's he's a Jawaian. Um, he's 11 maybe you have him on your show sometime and you can you can find out where that nickname comes from. Um he is a finisher he's finished all of his wins. He's 11-4, five knockouts, six submissions. This will be his debut and this will be coming on sh- very short notice. Um what two weeks ago, I think. Uh, 11, I- do you know how long it was? Do you remember, Dan? Am yeah, he, fight? He, he, fought,
0: he fought at LFA 107, which I believe was May 14th. So that gives you three weeks before fight time.
1: Yeah, and then I, I don't think he was even plugged in, into this fight uh, right after that either. So anyhow, short notice. Regardless, he's won two straight fights. He was on the Contemporary Series where he lost. Um, he's three inches of reach on Americani, six years younger. Um he, he's we're talking very we're talking one fight samples out here but he lands three times more strikes than Amir Khani. He said plus 220. Amir Khani is Mr. Finland because he what was runner up I believe in Mr. Finland contest so it's a uh, little nickname. Now, Which nickname are we liking here? Mr. Finley- I like
0: yeah, Mr. I like Mr. Yeah, I think Finley.
1: so too, because the is still confusing to us. So Mr. Finlay, <laughs> if it is Jawa related though, I may have to change my pick. Um, so Mr. Finlay is the pick for nicknames. He's sixteen and five, one knockout, eleven submissions. we um, we got a couple submission artists here. He's six and three in the UFC. He's gone loss, win, loss in his last three fights. So he lost his last one. So he's due for a win, right? Mine is two sixty three. Um little Little chalky for me, but I'll be taking him regardless.
0: Yeah, I think it is a little chalky, and I I think Kirk is probably a live underdog in this fight too. Um, he's he's got a lot of potential. I'd like him on short notice. Uh, I also don't like if you went back to his contender series fight with Billy Quarantillo. I, I like Quarantillo took him down and just like did whatever he wanted on the mat. Um, and for me. When you're fighting somebody like Amir Khani, who is so good at at submissions, right? Like, his last two wins are both anaconda chokes, um, you know, and and he's got more than that for finishes in the UFC. So, I just like Amir Khani too much on the mat here to really be able to trust Kirk, especially on short notice.
1: There you go. Mr. Finland is the pick. Um, And that concludes the prelim portion of the card at this point um let me tell you about our good friends at Light, and then we will go as we always do ad free for the main card do you ever feel like you're always on what do you do when you need to? a moment to chill other than listen to our podcast what else do you do how, how do you hit the reset button to get ready for what's Next, there's only one beer that's only made to chill, and that's Coors Light also, not Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold, refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Light Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, you think I would know how to talk by now? This is, what, episode 43, and yet I can still cannot talk properly. Um, we'll go middleweights, shall we? Tom Breeze versus Antonio Arroyo. Uh, middleweights kicking off the main card in ESPN Plus. Um, Arroyo's nickname is blank. Breeze's nickname is blank. Do you know otherwise? I have not found nicknames for them anywhere, yet. No, I, I, I
0: think this is the boring one that has no It's the boring game, one so we should looks need. Like we're, looks like we're going to have to go to some other cat in order to do right. these babies All right.
1: I'll, 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 I'll introduce some stats here, and we'll see if, if anything uh, can help us decide here. Uh, Arroyo, 9-4, and four, four knockouts, four submissions. So we've got a finisher on our hands, as is Breeze. Um, Arroyo's 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, he was on Contender Series twice. He won both those fights. He's at plus 195. Uh, Tom Breeze is 12-3, and three, five knockouts, six submissions. Five and three in the UFC. He got subbed in his last fight. He's actually gone loss, win, loss, win, loss over his last, what, five fights. So by my math, that would mean it's time for a win. He's two years younger than Arroyo, minus 250. I'll go chalk again. I'll take minus 250 and Tom Brees.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go chalk again, but again, I I don't feel good about it, mostly because Tom Brees, he's one of those fighters who I feel like I have a pretty good beat on how he should fight and how he would look best fighting, and he often does not fight that way. Um, I'm actually really high on his offensive grappling in a lot of situations. I think when he's shooting the takedown and he's on top, he, he looks really good. I think that's a great path to victory here against Arroyo. Yet, for some reason, I feel like this is going to turn into a striking battle um, because Brees has got a couple of knockouts in his career, and he tends to fall in love with him, right? Like, he, he jabbed KB Buller and knocked him out, which, like, I don't know. Do you feel good about that? I don't particularly feel good about that. Um, he knocked out Daniel Kelly, who I used to love and be a big fan of. But, like, I, I really wish, like, he would go back to his, his time on the, the British regional circuit where he was... He was choking everybody out um, in both Bama and Cage Warriors. He he was hitting a bunch of chokes. I actually like that part of his game better. I mean, I've seen him on on of even grappling shows on like Flow Flow grappling and stuff like that. Heel hooks and rear naked chokes. Like he he looks good on the mat. I kind of wish we'd see it here against Arroyo. I think it's gonna wind up being a striking match, and he will probably win there too. I will tell you, I don't like these odds where they're at. I, if you know, like. If you're picking a fight to stay away from, if you're not the truest of true d gens, this might be one of them because, like, I think he's going to fight the fight he shouldn't, and I think he's probably still going to win, but those odds are a little too lofty for me to, to fall in love with.
1: Don't listen to Dan. You have to bet on every fight, and you have to bet $100 on every fight, so you will be betting Tom Breeze at minus 250, <laughs> and you will like it. Um Next fight, uh, Dan Dan mentioned Douche earlier, and we've got (laughs) Douche-Go. In a midway fight against Gregory Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez, his nickname is Robocop. Um, Do you know why he's named Robocop? I know it's a movie, but why is he named Robocop? I
0: I think it's because of his affinity to, like, kind of just, like, march forward. Okay. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen Robocop in – uh, since I was a child, um, but like, is is did RoboCop just kind of like march forward without like being scared of anything or you know like being being deterred from his his objective?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yes, because I believe he's a what um, a cyborg. So yeah, cyborgs yeah. have no yes. feelings. Yes. So I, I think that's yeah. where it comes. All right, from. there you go. Uh, um, Rodriguez, Mr. RoboCop, nine and three with four knockouts, four submissions. He is another late notice debut. Uh, that's what, three of them uh so far on this card. Um tough way to make your debut in the UFC. But regardless, he's won two straight fights. He was also in the contender series and lost. He was the one one in there. Uh he is freshly crowned LFA champ, I believe. He was the, I guess he would have just got what, the middleweight title? His last fight, probably. Correct. Yeah, that was just uh, that was May twenty first, so we're talking what two weeks ago. Um inches Taller got one inch of reach. He's at plus 135 against uh, Thunder. We call him Thunder Douche. Um, I'm going with Thunder Douche, obviously, for the nickname because we made that one up.
0: <laughs> I, I guess that's, that's not the better one.
1: <laughs> Douche Co um, is 10-1. and one. Six knockouts, three submissions. He is 1-1 one one in the UFC. He got TKO'd his last fight. He was also 1-0 oh on the Contender Series. He's two years younger than Mr. Robocop, but really robots don't have ages. Um, striking and active striking stats in his favor, but we're talking what uh, one fight for Rodriguez within the UFC Octagon on the contender series. Grappling stats also in uh, Thunder Douches' favor. Um, he's, that's, that's a good nickname. He's minus one, <laughs> minus one seven. Yeah, I'll go with the Thunder in this one.
0: I'm gonna go with Rodriguez. Oh, um, really? You know, you know, you mentioned the short notice guys have been doing a little bit better than we thought, and we've been against the first two. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a trendy pick here and pick Rodriguez. And now I'm gonna also pick it for a technical reason. One of the things you'll notice about Todorovic and when he moves forward is if he has any success with his hands, he just keeps throwing. Um, You know, like if something lands, he's like, oh, cool, I can throw the right version of that and then back to the left version of that and then back to the right version of that. And, and he doesn't, like, it all just comes at once. It, it's like an avalanche. And while that works against a lot of people, you will notice Rodriguez is a sniper in there. Now, he's not Sean Woodson. He doesn't have the nickname Sniper. But he he absolutely can touch your chin and put somebody out. He he knocked out Josh Friend, who, who like, anybody who knows anything about LFA, that guy is a highly touted prospect and you will see him in the UFC. I'm positive at some point in time as well, but he like just sniped him out and just put him out cold, right? Like it was an amazing knockout and it's not the first time he's done that. So with a guy who kind of wings wild shots and just keeps moving, that's not really a great plan against somebody who's a smart counter striker. Like you, you kind of have to pick your shots as well and make sure you don't overextend yourself. And I kind of expect Todorovic here to overextend himself just once, uh, and once is probably all it will take.
1: All right. There we go. Um, Dan is going out on the limb for some underdogs. And I am – well, actually, no. I picked an underdog and you picked a favorite one for the fight. But um, you've gone against me in a couple. So you will pay for that come Saturday, Dan, going against the boss. Uh, moving on, welterweight. Santiago Ponzanibio versus Miguel Baeza. Um, the veteran Ponzinibbio is the team. Boa. Do you know what that means, Dan, in English?
0: Yes, it means um, gentle
1: boy. Uh, no,
0: something. No, I don't remember. What good, it means.
1: good people. I did more. Good people. I did like
0: remember at point. <laughs> Does
1: good people sound right? Because that's what I got that, when I looked it sure, up.
0: Sure, that that sounds reasonable. Good
1: piece. So he's good people. Um, he's twenty-seven and four. 15 at six submissions. Uh, he has been knocked out himself three times. So if you're going to beat him, you're going to knock him out. Is how you're going to beat him. Um, nine and three in the UFC. He was four and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, let me see. He got knocked out his last fight. He's seven and one uh, over his last eight. However, his last win was way back in 2018. He did have uh, what, three years off there almost. Um, he's a fun fighter. Um, Baeza is caramel thunder. I'll, I'll go with caramel thunder for the nickname. <laughs> that's, that's
0: definitely the best nickname. <laughs>
1: we got two thunders back to back here. Had a thunder douche and a caramel thunder. <laughs> um, he's ten and zero with seven knockouts, one submission, three and zero in the UFC. All finishes he's with 1-0 in the contender series. He's 2 inches taller, got 1-inch reach, 6 years younger. Uh, both striking stats I track he's uh, head in, striking and active striking. Grappling stats also are in his favor. He's at minus 130. We'll let you pick first.
0: On this one, uh, I think I just um, –
1: hmm. Oh, you don't have a pick. This, this,
0: this, this is a close one. I've waited a second for because here's what I'll say. If I could trust that this was the Santiago Ponzanibio that was on a seven fight winning streak, you know, two or three years ago, whenever that was, I'd pick him here. I think he, he's. Uh, when he was in that span, he's definitely good enough to beat an up and comer like Baeza. I just. I think I have to pick Baeza because I don't trust that's still in Ponzanibio. I mean, he didn't look himself last time. He got knocked out by Li Jing Liang. Baeza hits hard. So, like, if he could get touched by, by Lee, who, who is not particularly a, a powerful striker, I think he could probably get touched by Baeza, too. Baeza knocked out Matt Brown for what that's worth because Matt Brown's got a hell of a chin on him. Yep. So, I'm going to go with Baeza, but with the caveat that, like, if old Ponzinibbio shows up, this is going to be a war.
1: Old Ponzinibbio is showing up because he's old. Ha, ha, ha. But not the, the former Ponzinibbio. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if, if that guy is around anymore. So, I'm going with Caramel Thunder also. Um, maybe the Anaka, if you want to give an answer with it. I think if he wins, that maybe the way he wins. And, and this also has the making of a possible tonight with um, these two guys going at it. Um, what should we move to now? Let's move to middleweights. Roman Galizzi, Laureano Staropoli. Um... Strapley is El Matador. Um, I think that translates to The Matador. I uh, don't, don't know for sure, guys, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's The Matador. He's 9-3 and three with five knockouts, two submissions. He's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. He won his first two and then dropped his last two. Uh, he missed weight by 3.5 pounds his last fight. So he's moving up. That was at welterweight. He's moving up to middleweight for this one, and he's taking this uh, as a late replacement also. Um, a couple of red flags there, if you ask me. He's five years younger than Dalidzi. He's the more active striker. He's a plus 120 right now. Uh, Dalidzi is the Caucasian. Is his name. Uh, what do we care? <laughs> uh, is it? It's racist if we pick Dalidzi. Or. or uh,
0: I think I'm gonna go with Lariano Staropoli's yeah. second nickname. He also goes by okay. Pepe.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, Pepe's better. Sure, that,
0: I'll take. We'll, we'll take Pepe. That,
1: that'll be uh, that. Probably be the safer than than going with uh, Caucasians. So, um, Caucasians eight and one, four knockouts, three submissions. He's two and one in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He used to be at light heavyweight. So we're talking. He's dropping down to middleweight, and Staropoli's moving up to middleweight. Um, he's got an inch of height, five inches of reach, and Strapoli, um, um, striking and grappling in favor, minus 150. Uh, I gotta go with him in this one.
0: I'm gonna go with Strapoli. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I, I, so the reason for me here is, I, I really do believe that Roman Delebi has kind of been overrated, and I, I was actually guilty of it myself going to that trevin Giles fight, but like, you know, he's he and yeah, I think he won that fight handedly. Um, he, he that definitely shouldn't have been a split decision, but like, he didn't look great against John Alon. He, he kind of just, like, was... The, the best answer to, to... Or the best description I can come up with is just he's kind of passive. He kind of didn't seem to want to put the pedal to the metal. Um, and then the same thing with Trevin Giles. It seemed like Trevin Giles just wanted to fight more than Delizzi did. Um, so the only win we're talking about being real happy about in the UFC for Delizzi is... He beat of Rigamov, who might be one of the worst dudes ever to fight in the UFC. And I mean that... with. With the the utmost respect, but the dude lost eight before he was eventually released, um, and he looked very bad in all four of them, um, including awful against Roman Um I, I now know he's outside of the UFC. Cotta's bring him off no longer with the UFC, but Owen oh four in the UFC. So like, that's the only thing I have to to like really hang my hat on for Delezi. He's he's a Georgian guy, but doesn't particularly like to grapple, so you can't even like his corner and like yeah, he's an okay powerful striker, but like. In order for that to work, he has to throw more strikes, and he just hasn't been doing that. Starpoly, meanwhile, did outstrike Tiago Alves. Granted, an aged Tiago Alves, but, like, he outstruck Tiago Alves. And, yeah, he's coming off back-to-back losses, but to the aforementioned Muslim Salikov, who, like, is a phenomenal striker, and a Tim Means. Like, there's there's no shame in losing a Tim Means either. So, I, I deep down think that Starpoly is actually probably going to use the volume here. In the fact that Deleuze has been passive in his last couple of fights to just rack up the early rounds and maybe even tire out the guy who's, if I'm being honest, too big to be a middleweight.
1: All right, so you are doing your classic revision history here, and you're taking wins away from people and giving wins to people who didn't get wins and whatnot, I'm um, fine. We'll go against each other. We're actually doing quite a few fights, so this is going to be interesting. I think
0: interesting. we're the four, and i got the dog in three of them.
1: Yeah, so it could be a very, very profitable night, or I could be having lots of fun with you on Saturday, so we'll see. Um, heavyweight, co-main event, nothing but big boys uh, heading into here. Walter Marchantybura um I haven't mentioned any chunky guys uh, in this one. Hmm. Let me think. Well, Ty we got Burr one is a chunky guy. 100%, Burr, yeah.
0: 100% a chunky guy.
1: Bozer, Not really. Just um, Latifi. No, he's just, he's just thick. And okay. So yeah, we'll go with Ty Burr in this one. Um, but we'll break down. Uh, Walt Harris first, who has a bunch of nicknames, the vault, the big ticket and the skull crusher are his nicknames. Um, he's 13 and nine with one, no contest, 13 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's six and eight in the UFC. He got TKO'd in his last two fights. He's two inches taller. He's at plus one thirty-five. Tiber's nickname is Tiber, so it's basically just his last name shortened. And I looked that up, and it doesn't Tiber doesn't mean anything. So <laughs> uh, Harris is winning. The nickname name, Battle, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. He
0: uses the big ticket most of the time, which I actually I really like that one.
1: Yep, that works. Um, so Tiber is uh, twenty-one and six. Eight knockouts, eight submissions. He's also been knocked out four times. Um, He's 8-5 and in the UFC. He's won four straight fights. Before the UFC, he was the M1 champ, um, which is a big deal uh, because M1's a pretty solid organization over in Europe. He's got an inch of reach, two years younger than Harris, striking and active striking stats in his favor, grappling's in his favor. He's at minus 170. I will be taking him at minus 170 gladly.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Tibera. I'm not going to say gra- gladly. I-, I like him in this fight quite a bit. I think what he's got going on for him is, believe it or not, despite the fact that he's a chunky guy, I actually think he's got a big cardio advantage in this fight. Um, you know, like he he leans on people really well. Even if he's not getting you down, he he works you against the cage. We saw that against Sergei Spivak way back when, however many fights ago that was. Um, and, and it's really what's led him to this win streak, right? Like the I mean, the Greg Hardy fight, people memed Greg Hardy out the wazoo for, for having awful cardio. But the bottom line is, is, like, Marcin Tibera had to bring that to him. Um, and he did. And he did well. Um, so, like, uh, Marcin Tybura puts a good pace on you, makes you work really hard. Walt Harris is one of those, you know, huge, muscly heavyweights, which you know muscle it wears out. And if, you know, Harris isn't going to get him out of there... Which he, he definitely could. That, that's why I'm, you know, not jumping all over and getting super excited about negative 170 for Ty Burra. But if he if he goes in there and knocks him out, which is a possibility, he's got a chance. But I think as this fight goes on, the worse and worse it gets for Wall Harris.
1: Yep. Agreed. Uh, Ty Burra is the pick here, despite his no nickname. Uh main event is also a heavyweight battle as I said, and it's a thick boy, T H I C C B O I versus uh Chunky, hashtag chunky guy. Um Chunky Guy Augusto Sakai. Maybe that could be his nickname because he does not have a nickname that I don't know of. Do you know of any nicknames other than hashtag I, chunky guy? I,
0: I do not. He's
1: just All right. a chunky guy. All right, so he's fifteen two and one. With 11 knockouts, so we will not be saying Chucky guy in his uh, within earshot of him. Um, four and one in the UFC, he got TKO'd his last fight, so that snaps his four-fight win streak. He was on the contender series as well, where he was 1-0. Oh. Uh, he also was in Bellator, where he was four-one and one. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling also stats also in his favor. Plus 100, so we got even money for him. Our uh, listen strike nickname is Biggie Boy B-I-G-I. So obviously, that's the pick. Where else the guy's nickname is?
0: Yeah, Biggie Boy's a great nickname.
1: Exactly. Um, Eleven and two with ten knockouts. So I have a feeling this one may end violently, um, regardless of who you want to pick to win. He's five and two in the UFC. He is only one and two over his last three. He did lose his last fight. Um, all of his UFC wins are by out. He's got one inch of height on Sakai, one inch of reach. So that's pretty much a wash. They're pretty much the same size. These two. Wait, I 2 they're pretty much the same size. Uh, he's three years younger. He's at minus 125. We'll let you uh, break down the main event first.
0: I, I'm going to first of all say I don't like the knockout prop. Um, no. I, I think if, if you're looking for a prop on this card, I think this fight ends by knockout is not a good one, no matter who you're picking here.
1: Um, Why is that?
0: First of, all, well, first of all, you're only getting Rosenstrike at plus 150. Okay. It's, yeah. Um, it's nice to get plus money, and you're only getting Sakai at plus 300, so not great numbers. And if you look at some of their past fights, both of them have a tendency to fall into very passive fights. Um, the surreal gain fight uh, for, for, for Rosenstreich, he, he looked like he wasn't going out there and trying to finish gain. And some of that was frustration based on the kickboxing style of surreal gain. But some of it also is just sometimes he falls into that mode. Look at his Overeem fight. He gets the knockout with four seconds left. He fought for 24 and a half minutes and pretty much didn't really go in there with any intention of hurting Overeem. Um, and, and Overeem's a guy we've known to be out. If you look at Sakai's recent losses, um, you know the, or recent wins, rather, the one against Bogoy Ivanov, same thing, great passive. The one against Andrei Arlovski, he just fought Andrei Arlovsky's style of, like, boring, poke-away type fight. So while both of these guys have fighting and ending intentions sometimes, it really depends on their opponent bringing that to them for them to do it. Um, so I'm a little bit worried that we might get like a weird 25 minute stalemate here. Um, so I don't, I don't like those stops because I am taking Yairo because I think if somebody is going to land the knockout blow, it's going to be him. Um, and if it's a you know, like I'm saying a pancake for 25 minutes, th- then I don't really I, I don't really have anybody to favor. So I'm going to take the guy who I think has got the better knockout power. But knowing that both of them have had kind of those types of fights, and I'm only getting a plus 150 turnaround for a, for a Rosenstreich knockout. I don't like those odds at all on that prop, but I do like, I mean, like, Rosenstreich is probably the better pick here. If you're looking for, you know, DraftKings plays or something like that, like, you probably can find Rosenstreich down at, like, you know, the $8,000 level or $8,200 level for, for his pay. So, he might be worth that if he goes in and knocks him out, but I will tell you, I'm a little worried that this fight winds up being a snooze fest
1: yeah- you never know um with with paweight fights sometimes they turn like you said they turn into a steering contest and sometimes the uh leather gets thrown widely so wars and strikes might pick also um but yeah i, I agree with what you say I, everything you said about to makes sense so um could be a a very quick action field fight or it could be a a slog like you said so um probably right to unless you're a massive degenerate to, to just uh, stick to picking outright winners for this, which will be Biggie Boy, according to us. Um, what props do we like? Uh, we mentioned a few throughout this fight. I uh, throughout this fight card, I believe. Do you have any off the top of your head?
0: Yeah, I, I've got some that I like. I, I actually think Muslim Salikov by KO is going to be a, a smart play here. Yep. Um You know, I'm not seeing early lines out there for that because, um, actually, I don't know why I'm not seeing early lines out there. But I, I think him by knockout against Francisco Cernaldo is going to make a lot of sense. Uh, I, I actually think w- once the lines come out on Manon Firo by knockout, if those are close to even money, it might be an interesting way to bet on her because, she, like you said, she's like negative 500 or something like that right now. So that's not fun to play in any way, shape, or form. But I do think if you can find her getting close to that even money number, um, I, I think that's worth it. And also... Um for other ones I like you know like if you if you need to make Gregory Rodriguez more spicy on this one I mean he's already you're already getting plus money on him but him by knockout is is getting up at like the plus 250 range to almost plus 300 range depending on what book you're at it's a little extra nice chunk of change, although I think he could probably win it as too, but I've got him winning by knockout, so that's not a bad prop for me either.
1: All right, there you go. Um, let's go with our we'll last like pick first. I think it may be your turn. Anyhow, who's lock of the week?
0: So I, oh, we talked to last week about we did make a dumb decision. I, I've been trying to pick guys who are too close in numbers or gals that are too close in numbers, so... I'm just going to go with the one I'm actually pretty high on that isn't, like, a ridiculous negative 500. And I'm going to take Jordan Levy right off the bat. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who, again, uh, the number, you know, not you know nothing to blow you away. But I, I think he's going to fight this fight uh, very safe and, you know, hovering right around negative 200. I'll, I'll take my 50 bucks on the return there.
1: All right. Monkey King is his lock. My lock is the King of Kung Fu. Uh, Muslim Salikov over Francisco Trinado, minus 250. So, uh, almost the same range as Dan, so they would be. That would be our locks for this week. Um, Anything else you need to tell about this card, or you, th- you think we did a uh, good enough job, Dan?
0: I think we nailed it. I, I think the most important thing about this card is it gives you a little appetizer to the um, the feast that we get next week.
1: Yes, UFC 263 is next week with what two title fights plus Nate uh, ass coming back. So it, yeah, it should be should be lots of fun. Um, but that is for next week. Um, the remainder of this week, make sure you read. I'll have my written breakdown of this fight card up on Sports Gambling Podcast sometime on Thursday. So check that out for sure at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, and you can read all of our fight week stuff and rankings and salary info and gambling advice. And what else we got? Pick'em contest, all that stuff over at mma-manifesto.com. Um, listen to Dan's podcast, Freeland Picker, where uh, you can hear if he flip-flopped any of his picks. I think he's actually been pretty solid at not giving different picks in different sites, but you never know. So you should listen to Preland Picker. Just make sure and call him out if he if he does uh, get wishy-washy with his picks. And then listen to Top Turtle MMA, where once again this week his guests on there will be... Claudio Puelles yes. and Marcin Tibera. There you go. Oh, Marcin Tibera, That was the... Uh a late one that you got in there, I guess. Right. Or did yeah, you tell us that?
0: That was the one I got in under the
1: gun. Cause all I right, did tell you
0: is. Frank. I had, I had Frank Camacho and Luigi Vendramini right, right, uh, right. all lined up, but those two will be on next week now.
1: Okay. Very good. Very good. So listen to top turtle and follow us on Twitter. Obviously Jeff Fox writer, Gumby Vreeland. It would be his handle. Um, and subscribe to our podcast if you're listening to this on the sports gambling podcast main feed make sure you find our specific feed mma gambling podcast feed um because probably right around when football season rolls around we're going to um pop off their feed and and just be exclusively on our gambling podcast feed we'll still be part of the family we'll just be on our own feed so make sure you subscribe to our feed now so you don't miss a episode of this amazing podcast the best podcast around um and I think probably, oh, you can, you can rate and review. You, you know what to do. Um, everybody tells you in every podcast to do about that. So, um, I think that is pretty much it. Is it my turn to say bye or your turn to say bye? The,
0: the, it, it's definitely your turn this right. week. I think I've gotten a couple weeks in a row sure. for being honest. <laughs> I am,
1: uh, so uh, thank you for listening. I am Jack Socks and he is the king of the gogo plata, Daniel Vreeland. And we will catch you again on Sunday. Bye bye.